0: Hello and welcome to the very first ever episode of yin mysticism and the Vesica Pisces podcast. I am your host Brynja Magnuson and this is going to be a podcast series discussing yin, yin mysticism and the tactics that we can use to propagate yin methods to walk in a sagely mystical way that propagates abundance in our lives. The reason I am making this podcast series is because, as of today, as of recording this video, the Yin Mysticism book that I just wrote, Yin Mysticism and the Vesica Pisces, has been out for one week, and the audiobook is going to closely follow. And I wanted to continue the discussion of Yin because it needs more than just a book, it needs more than just illustration. It's a very heavy topic. But it is a topic that I have used as my personal worldview to understand almost everything that has come across my path in the past few years. I think sometimes about how scientists and mathematicians and physicists live in their own world, like a fantasy world, where they are using their mathematical equations that they have drawn up And applying that to reality and seeing if their world that they have created with their theory matches up with reality. And that is very much how I use yin mysticism. It has become like a theory that I apply to everything to help me in any kind of situation, whether it's my actual behavior and conduct, or if it is just about things that are confusing to me that I don't understand yet about my own contemplation about spirituality and the nature of the universe things that don't make sense to me things that are frightening and so this podcast series is going to go through all the topics of that book and continue on in many more topics because yin is an infinite it is an infinite topic it goes on forever it can be applied to anything through any context And so there's no lack of content to talk about, and I do find it incredibly fascinating. And I want to continue this idea so that everyone can have access to this worldview that I've cultivated that has helped me challenge the most frightening parts of my life and understand things in a way I never thought that I could. So for our very first podcast episode, it's hard to know what to say to encapsulate how it's going to feel for the rest of the series and all the rest of the episodes so i thought that just for this one podcast i would do it a little differently i will give a little more of a introduction and explanation of yin and then i will play the preface of the audiobook because i think in the audiobook i describe a little more clearly exactly why yin is important and what what we're talking about here, or at least I hope that's what I did. And so then that gives a flavor of the audiobook and then from after that in subsequent episodes we will discuss yin in a more discussion-oriented way. So before we do that, a little bit more on yin. Now yin, if you're not familiar with it, it is the Half of the binary, the yin-yang binary, the light and the dark, and it is the dark half of it. And yin, I find to be very, it's actually a very difficult question for me to answer. What is yin? Um, Because yin is paradoxical from the way that I understand it and it's very mystical and it's very dark and in fact I don't really think it's possible to answer the question, what is yin? But if you asked a clinical practitioner of yin, like an acupuncturist or a traditional Chinese medicine doctor, they don't see it that way. They see yin very clearly. It is dark, cold, still, dense, solid, earthy, receptive, yielding, it's feminine even though Another episode, we will talk about feminine, masculine, yin and yang. It's a complicated topic. But so we have all these qualities, this dark and still and receptive, the night, the winter, things that are earthy, as yin. But yin, in my worldview, goes a little beyond that. It goes into the realm of paradox, fertility and decline, birth and death endings and beginnings. And it is in a way like the, the way that it's described in the Tao De Ching, that yin is the way that our universe operates. We are living in a yin universe. And if we want to be in line with a yin universe, we have to know how to do things in a backwards yin way. And that is what the goal of this book was, was to describe yin and all, more so than just describing yin, we're looking for the ways that we can behave yin, how we can know yin tactics, how we can be yin when it is strategically appropriate, so that we can take a very um, sagely and mystical approach or backwards approach when it might benefit us most. It's half of the binary, but it's the forgotten half. You know, thousands of years ago, things that are yin and feminine started to become evil and scary. We associate dark with bad and evil and that we want to get rid of it. But that is what I am seeking to undo and untangle and see that yin is really something we want to put up on a pedestal and protect and glorify. So that is the goal, and that is what we're going to be discussing, and I hope this is an interesting topic. It's certainly interesting for me, and I'm looking forward to discussing it. I've never been so interested almost in anything in my whole life. And um, without further ado, I will play the preface of the audiobook, and then from there, we will go on to episode two and start discussing.
1: Preface In the Stillness of Yin All action is created, and all change is made. This book is an invitation into the forgotten and richly dark world of the yin mystic. Yin, while often equated with the feminine, is something that lives equally in women and men. Regardless of one's relationship with masculine or feminine, Everyone contains the mysticism of yin. Every single person has a deep storehouse of mysterious yin, rife with potential riches, meaningful innovation, and the terrifying unknown. When one knows how to walk in a yin way, they orient themselves to the fabric of reality. This is why one who navigates life in a yin-way is masterful, because they work with the current of the cosmos, and they feel the contextual web of possibility. Lao Tzu was first to immortalize this idea into writing. Thousands of years ago, he wrote a timeless and simple guidebook that outlines how a master is one who walks in a yin way. This classic of yin was named the Tao De Ching, or the Book of the Way. Variability and transformation germinate in yin. It is the paradoxical headwaters of all doing. Therefore, one who embodies and supports yin skillfully feels their way, humble and accepting, through any challenge. In the stillness of winter, yielding of water, surrender of paradox, and depth of grief, lies a concealed yin guidance. Something meaningful, creative, and fecund lies absolutely obscured in yin phases. Yin phases are found at the bookends of life, in gestation, birth, death, and bardo. But yin phases can also be found throughout the seasons of life, such as depression, separations, grief, chaos, confusion, unknowing, in-betweenness, lostness, healing, rehabilitations, transformations, or winter. Through contemplation of the following 51 yin topics, I hope it will become evident that within each of these heavy yin subjects, there lies a secret obscured meaning, wisdom, or guidance. It is my hope that the hidden meaning of these yin elements and phases will open itself uniquely to the listener. What is yin? And what is the mysticism that comes from embodying a yin way of doing things? Yin is one half of the dual yin-yang binary. Thousands of years ago, an ancient worldwide obfuscation of yin values occurred. Yin and the feminine archetypes were cast as dangerous, evil, and inferior. As a result, millennia later, we are now dependent on the yang way of doing, thinking, knowing, and feeling, the straightforward and active approach. The yang way espouses action, force of will, confrontation, and hierarchy. The Yang way values logic, clarity, correctness, confidence, perfection, positivity, sequentiality, and busyness. The Yang paradigm tells us to assuredly forge ourselves forward as the only path to success. Yet yin offers us an equally effective opposite way from the yang approach if we could only relearn to value it. Emerging from thousands of years of bad PR, coated in a patina of stigma and fear, yin is more needed than ever. The world is in a yang climax state. And without yin to balance it, it will collapse under its own speed and heat. Nature will find its own way to counteract the yang of the world and the human race. But each of us must also understand how to work with yin. To touch our minds to yin is to touch a wound and a sacredness at once. It is sensual and vulnerable but also terrifying and beyond comprehension. Yin has qualities of oppositeness and paradox, subconscious and unknown, birth and death, variability and stillness, abundance and depletion, fertility and decline separating, and yoking. Yin carries within it a balancing act that nourishes the soul, directs our healing, and teaches spirituality and intuition. This book aims to acknowledge the role of yin topics for their importance and significance in every arena of life where previously it might have been held in contempt, fear, or obscuration. Simply through acknowledgement, we will begin to interact differently with the yin phases throughout our lives. It will be the collective contemplation of yin that acts as a salve to the world's greatest crises. Yin alone is not a cure-all. Yin-yang is the cure-all, and the integration of two opposites is the solution. But being that yin is the principle that has been neglected, forgotten, and feared, it is currently the universal work of everyone to remember yin. Birth, Death, Mother, Grief Four years prior to completing this book, two mysterious archetypes captivated my attention, drawing me into the journey of yin contemplation. The two archetypes were the Vesica Pisces and the Birth-Death-Mother-Grief archetype. Both of these archetypes proved to be elusive in meaning. But slowly, these two symbols eventually distill to reveal yin as a common denominator. Both archetypes arise at the most mystical of yin moments, in a union and separation with a dark unknown. My quest of investigating these two archetypes through the lens of yin became a constant lens applied to all my life. Eventually, the yin lens consolidated into this book. As usual, my personal notes become my products. The Vesica Pisces and the birth-death-mother-grief archetype embodied aspects of a mysticism latent in yin. These two initial archetypes were just two pieces of a greater expansive whole. The Vesica archetype is a living symbol that embodies the intercourse of yin and yang. We will jump headlong into the Vesica hypothesis in chapter 3. On the other hand, the birth-death-mother-grief archetype Spans through the entirety of section 5 of this book, The Life Death Cycle. Most, if not all, cultures have their own version of the yin, vesica, and birth death principle by different names. Yin, the vesica, and the birth death union are not only woven into religion and myths, but they are everywhere in nature physics, geometry, and life force. Hades and Persephone, shamanic rebirth or near-death experience, Arjuna's awakening in the Bhagavad Gita. They all touch upon the paradoxical, fertile mysticism contained in yin. Despite writing a book about yin, I do not proclaim to be an expert of yin. In fact, I do not know if it is possible to be an expert on yin. With yin concepts, things that are so unknowable, dark, and paradoxical, it would be foolish to think I could grasp this idea any more than the next person. While a yin yang practitioner can explicate the clinical mechanism of yin in perfect detail, its essence still remains mysterious. The beauty of yin is that, like a black hole, we can only glean a vague idea of what yin is by observing how it affects the things around it. A direct approach to understanding it can never reveal its secrets. They will always remain inherently mysterious. While I am not a doctor or scholar of yin yang theory, I have the unique position to use my art and my own notes to promote this long standing yet disregarded yin modus operandi. Like an expansion on the Taoist axiom wei wu wei, doing not doing, yin mysticism expands on the counterintuitive fecundity of stillness i have taken a measure of artistic license in describing yin because this is not a clinical textbook but rather it is an invitation to approach life through the neglected strategy of sages although i recognize that i am not a definitive authority on this topic I still feel it is important to share this mystical insight in a way I feel it might touch others most impactfully. In writing this work, I have felt more self-doubt than in any other creative or written work. At first, I attributed this to a belief that I am like a charlatan or dilettante, an artist casually masquerading through the expertise of multiple fields of advanced study like sinology, Traditional Chinese Medicine, and Neurology. I preemptively apologize to the professionals whose fields I may be infringing upon. My books center around taking difficult-to-learn or ancient spiritual content and reviving it with art and words. In doing this, I can act as an intermediary between the expert and the novice in my own learning process, but I have come to realize that a large part of my apprehension is due to the nebulous nature of this work. The scientific and yang model, which has undoubtedly dominated global perception does not necessarily value its antithesis, an intuitive or paradoxically unknowable method of understanding. As Matthew Walker wrote, a theory that cannot be discerned as true or false in this way will always be abandoned by science. Yin is precisely the simultaneously paradoxical true and false that challenges the boundaries of science and logic. Nonetheless, it feels crucially important that the opposite side of things, the yin side, has a voice through my work, no matter how wrong or right I felt in writing about it. Yin is the method of mystics to masterfully navigate the world, Unlike the straightforward Yang way, the Yin way can achieve huge outcomes by resting, it wins by yielding, and it influences by listening. It manifests by waiting, it impacts through silence, and it is strong through weakness. In other words, the Yin ways are the forgotten methods to moving receptively through life, begetting huge abundance with little effort. Rehabilitating the ways of yin is crucially important now, not just for the sage and healer, but for the health of all nature. This book is not a masterwork, but a starting block for personal exploration. This book pulls from yin-yang theory, Taoism, and traditional Chinese medicine, but it also departs greatly from the clinical and theistic views of these systems. This is a book describing what cannot be described, so we might find if yin techniques make it easier to navigate one's life. As Lao Tzu said, Practice not doing, and everything will fall into place. A note on the structure of this book. All of my writing is simply an accompaniment to art. The art comes first, then the words follow. Each chapter head has an artwork, and you will find that each artwork has text superimposed on it. The text on the chapter head art is primarily meant for those who want to use yin mysticism in a divinatory capacity, whether through the use of oracle cards, which can be purchased with this book, symbolic dream interpretation, or in their own way of interpreting signs and symbols. While my original intent for this book was simply a written theory, it is evident that the kinesthetic and practical use of card pulling is an incredibly effective method for delivering information to a greater population. Using an oracle card deck breaks up the information into digestible chunks when the reader is ready for them. Yin speaks through visual, sensory, and kinesthetic modes, so it is more than appropriate to link this yin book with the method of yin learning. In my personal education, there are many topics I would have never engaged with if I had not had practical, bite-sized, or kinesthetic methods with which to learn them. My goal is to make the heavy concepts in this book as accessible as possible, which is why I have included art, words, and kinesthetic application. Of course, this book does not need to be used with cards. It can stand alone. Additionally, this book is structured into six sections, each with several subsections. The six sections are Yin Foundations, Yin Conduct, Seasons, Life-Death Cycles, Yin Health, and Yin in Energetics, Anatomy, and Human Design. This book does not need to be read in any particular order, although Section 1, Foundations, will be referenced throughout the book. Finally, the sixth section of this book includes information about human design, which also may only appeal to a small population of readers.